Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here for the Neighborhood Watch here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Happy Friday to all of you all out there. Please find us on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You all can find the show at NWPod365. Please, please, please subscribe on YouTube. Also find the podcast wherever you all get your podcasts. Today's show, folks, be a bit shorter than normal, but just going to talk about the Big 12's positioning when it comes to the conference as a whole and really the TV conversation, because right now there is so much being talked about the sec eight or nine schedule, the PAC 12 with conference realignment, the ACC with their situation as well. And really where the big 12 fits in, in this entire TV wars conversation, because television is really the battlefield where uh, the, the kind of the shaping of college football is taking place right now. And so on today's edition, let's dive into this. And the reason why I thought about this shape some kind of conversation around TV this morning, sure. But I want to really focus this one on the job that the Brett Yormark and the Big 12 is doing right now, because here is what's happening. The scheduling conversation surrounding the SEC, right? Eight or nine games. So much is being debated back and forth. Merit, oh, you know, uh, you know, of an eight or nine game schedule. How many Power Five teams you're playing? All of that stuff. But let's be honest. Eight or nine games for the SEC schedule came down to one thing: Was ESPN going to pay them more money to play a ninth conference game in 2024? No. The answer was no. ESPN was not going to do it. So why on God's green earth would the, would the SEC give them an extra game and schedule an extra SEC game? It just does not make a whole lot of sense to do it, right? And so if ESPN says no, and why would they say yes right now during uh, the situation they're dealing with? I know the SEC does great numbers, but they're not, you know, they own the SEC. They're not in the business of paying extra money, even if it means one more game right now, at least. They probably will in the future, but right now they're just saying no, Right. And also, I think, too, has to do the fact very publicly that they are going through some cuts right now. I think that's got a whole lot to do with this as well. Um, so there's no reason for them to do this. Think about the Pac-12 as well. Let's go, to the, go over to their corner right now and see what's going on with them. Colorado on the ropes, right? You know, it seems like they're on the ropes, might step out of the ring right now and say, hey, we're done with this. Arizona could follow. San Diego State does not have a home, and they would like to join the Pac-12, but that might not be an option for them. We talked about this with Mark Ziegler the other day from the San Diego Union Tribune. Um, you know, that look, they are, uh, you know, right now the Pac-12 is, is not very close to a TV deal, and it doesn't seem like they're very close to a TV deal, and San Diego State's kind of up against it with the decision that has to be made. It just does not seem like one will come. And we talked about the idea of, if you have something to announce, then you will announce it. 
They have not announced anything yet. It does not feel like they're close to announcing anything. That's why Colorado has had extensive talks. It sounds like Arizona's had extensive talks. It'd be shocking to me if Utah and Arizona State had not done the same, right? Max Olson from The Athletic has said that, look, I don't think something's going to happen right now. All these schools are having those talks, but really they want to see what that final offer is from the Pac-12. And I'm skeptical of what a final offer is because if a final offer hasn't come yet, then when is it coming? In what form is that final offer going to take? ESPN said, no, we're out. We're going to take a step back from this entire situation. Um, you know, they, they said, hey, we don't want this. You see, you know, all of this, at least right now, is the number A group. We had Andrew Marchand on. He talked about that on my show, uh, Locked On Big 12, before I came over here to 365. He mentioned that. He said this last week when we started our show as well. He said, no, folks, no, they're not into it. Uh, ESPN, you know, they, they could get back into it, but right now they're kind of out on the A package as it sits right now. Um, you know, CW, Amazon, Apple TV, like those are being kicked around, but it's nothing concrete now. And we're into month number, what is it, 11 or 12? And deadlines keep getting pushed back. The ACC has had their own television problems. They've had it, it was very public the last couple of weeks about the idea of, you know, revenue sharing. That's being kicked around. Seems like that might come to fruition for them as well. Merit-based revenue sharing. The Big Ten, pretty good spot. Their television deal is awesome, although they have to give some money back. We know that the Comcast thing with the Pac-12, too, I forgot to mention that part, has been tough for them. What is the one through line of all of this that you have not heard any issues with? The Big 12. Has anybody heard recently any issues the Big 12 conferences had? They got that TV deal done. They're going to head to market again in 2030. And also, the public narrative around them is growing stronger. Paul Feinbaum has mentioned an ascension of the Big 12. Does the Big 12 have better football brands than Clemson and Florida State and Miami and, you know, Virginia Tech historically? You know, uh, what it means like to te television and whatnot. Uh, for basketball, Duke and Carolina, as good as the Big 12 is a basketball, Duke and Carolina are college hoops in many ways. No, no, they have not. But the PR battle is being won by the Big 12. I was on uh, doing my morning radio show this morning, and one of the hosts even mentioned this. He goes, he actually forgot Brett Yormark's name, but he said, hey, Brett Yormark, you know, he says the new commissioner of the Big 12, you know, he's done a good job. He got that TV deal done. And people like what he has to say and the way that he's handled the TV deal and handled Oklahoma and Texas and turned his focus to adding more schools, right? The PR battle is being won by the Big 12 Conference right now when it comes to what is happening currently and what is going to happen in the future. The Big 12 is kind of winning this PR battle. When you stack the Big 12 up against the Southeastern Conference, when you stack them up against the Big 10 Conference, when you stack them up against the ACC, hey, they might not be as good. Uh, you know, ACC, especially the with the Big Ten and also the SEC. No, they're not as good. But when it comes to the other ones, the ACC and the Pac-12, the Big 12, in terms of public thought and narrative battles, the Big 12 is winning. They are winning the public war and the TV wars right now. There is a reason why the Big 12 is targeting Colorado and UConn and having talks about San Diego State. They want to be in all of these places. They want to have positive press. They want to be able to put games on 
in all of these time slots and be a television force for whoever, whomever, you know, whatever company right now, ESPN and Fox, later in the future, who knows, Apple TV, Amazon, all of those companies, they want to be a force and somebody that's able to fill, hey, you have a time slot that needs a football and or basketball game at a power five quality. Look no further than us. USC and UCLA can do that for the Big Ten, sure, but the Big 12 is going to be doing it all across the board, able to help fill out those TV schedules. They're going to be able to do it with UCFs and West Virginias and Arizona, hopefully Arizonas, Colorados, San Diego States, Yukons. Those, those are the places that they're targeting right now. It's not surprising that they're doing this. It's not surprising at all. That's why Paul Feinbaum's talking about it. We're getting questions on our local radio show, you know, about, hey, Big 12 is going pretty good right now. What's going to happen to the Pac-12? People are asking and wondering, where is that conference headed? It feels like they're kind of going the wrong direction. It feels like, another one of the hosts this morning made a point, it feels like the Big 12 is ready to take up that mantle, maybe even in size here pretty soon, be the third biggest conference. And then kind of like weight carried, you know, who's throwing, you know, throwing their weight around. The Big 12 is going to be able to do that too because of the job that Brett Yormark has done. So as we turn the corner, we have turned the corner into the month of June. I want you all to think about this. The public perception battle, the TV battle, like it, perception's not always reality, right? I mean, when it, you, we saw the on-field product, TCU getting hammered by Georgia, sure. They also, TCU did beat Michigan too, so shout out to them on that front. But the Big 12 has been putting, you know, they, they have been out there exercising that muscle saying, we want these schools. We are after these schools. We are talking to these schools. The pressure that they've put on the Pac-12, the pressure that they're putting on the Big East with UConn and whatnot, they are applying pressure publicly in all the right places. And so a conference that over you know a year and a half ago, we were having talks about, oh my God, the Big 12, are they in a position of weakness? Are they in a place of weakness right now? Is, is that where this is? Uh, you know, are, are they going to even be around much longer? We have moved on from that spot to be like the Big 12, adding, looking to add more, competitive in football, the best basketball conference, offering games in all of these slates. Could be a 16 to 18 team league here soon. There's no guarantees of all of that. But the public perception right now is that all of these things are pushing that direction and they might happen because Brett Yormark and company have been applying that pressure and also they check the boxes on stuff, right? They check the box on Oklahoma TV deal. They check the box on OU in Texas. They're applying the pressure. They've shifted the conversation. Now a lot of folks think that and if you ask, you ask people in the college media space, Hey, do you think it's more likely or less likely the Big 12 adds Pac-12 schools? I think you get around 50-50, but I think it would be a lean towards the Big 12 because of all the public pressure they've applied. And this public pressure to go with the fact that the TV bubble burst on the Pac-12. We talked about this the other day with Mark Ziegler. The TV bubble burst in the Pac-12. And part of that is luck, but part of the, that bubble bursting is, look, out of all the college properties, the Big 12 and Pac-12 were available. The Pac-12 was available first, the Big 12 jumped the line and took what Pac-12 folks perceived to be less money. They got their deal. They got their security. And they're taking it on the chin right now, the Pac-12 is. Absolutely taking it on the chin in the public sphere. And a lot of that has to do with the Big 12's activity. So on the field, can I guarantee you all victories 
um, you know, in that space on the court, on the field, in the two major sports, men's basketball and football? No, we can't. But is the Big 12 competitive enough? Yes. Are they offering games at the right times to make everybody happy? Yes. Are they publicly winning the battle off the field? Yes. And that's why recently, guys, there have been at least kind of one negative story about every single league except for the Big 12. The ACC had one, right, with these schools might want to leave. Uh-oh. And, you know, kind of the fictional, hey, grant rights conversation. It's just a top dogs wanting to still be competitive. So we'll see what happens there. But once again, that grant of rights feels pretty ironclad. Then you've also got the Big Ten. You know, it's not going to matter, but having to pay some money back to, you know, to, to uh, Fox because of moving their championship game. The Pac-12, we know the disaster that is. The SEC, with not really a tough one, but the debate about eight or nine games has just been a kind of strange one over the last week um, with their me meetings in Sandestin. And now uh, the one that you have not heard is the Big 12, but the positivity you have heard has been surrounding the Big 12 conference. Once again, does not guarantee victories in the field, but Brett Yormark, the folks at Endeavor, the public strategy, running this thing like a business, not a conference, is paying dividends in the public space. And that pressure, I think, is manifesting because you're hearing thoughts about, hey, UConn and Colorado. And from that point forward, it's like, all right, well, UConn and Colorado might join, might pick off in Arizona, and might add in San Diego State while you're at it. I don't know how it exactly goes down, but it feels like it could be trending in that direction. The Big 12 is definitely winning the TV battle right now. Do they win the war overall? I mean, it feels like they might, but the TV battle is being fought right now. The public perception battle, the Big 12 continues to win it, especially over conferences such as the ACC and the Pac-12, which feel like the most comparable to them right now. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you all have a great and safe weekend. Follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. We'll talk to you folks next Monday.